Hello everyone, I'm Srinivas Kunte. I'm the director for continuing education and advocacy at CFA Institute. I'm here on the sidelines of CFA Institute's 72nd annual conference in London. It's an absolute electric atmosphere over here. I'm here with me, uh, Sri Krishnamurti. Yeah. Sri is the founder of Continuosity. He has uh, taught over 2,000 investment professionals data science techniques. He also runs a data uh, uh, investment and data advisory business. She just wrapped up a jam-packed, houseful data science workshop in AI. She is going to discuss with us investment decision making in an AI world. She welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Shrivas. It's a pleasure. So, can you please uh, demystify some of the terms AI, machine learning, give a bit of a history before we start to dive in? Absolutely. Um, so, AI and machine learning is not new. People have been working on this for a really long time. Uh, what has happened is, you know, as the compute has increased, the compute power has increased, the availability of data has increased, investment professionals and researchers are now figuring out can we automate various things? Can we learn from past experiences? Can we mimic human behavior in these systems? And that's how the gradation of you know, automation, machine learning, and AI is increasing. When you talk about learning from past behavior, so you have had these observations, you have a lot of data which reflects what has happened in the past. The whole goal of machine learning is to basically generalize what you have learned in the past and build out models so that you can predict things in the future. The goal is not just to explain what has happened in the past, but to be able to build a generic machine or a model which will help you predict something in the future. So in the context of AI, AI is a more generic term. Mm -hmm. It could include machine learning, it could include rule-based systems, but it mimics human intelligence in ways. Mm -hmm. Wherein you may have to learn even without the presence of data. Mm -hmm. You may have to think about, well, what do you do in that particular situation? Mm -hmm. How do you build in context? Mm -hmm. How do you kind of understand what decisions to take based on the information you have at mm -hmm. a particular point? Though AI and machine learning is used interchangeably, interchangeably mm -hmm. um, in the research world, AI is something which we are still trying to get right. Mm -hmm. Machine learning has seen a lot of progress, mm -hmm. but we are seeing like the buds of innovation mm -hmm. in the AI segment. So what are some of the use cases uh, for investment decision making, for machine learning, for AI? You mentioned mimicking human intelligence. Right. Can you take us through that? Absolutely. Um, so one thing is, you know, in the past when people were making credit decisions, uh, you had these rules on how would you issue a credit card? How would you evaluate the credit worthiness of a particular person? Mm -hmm. So most of the times they had these lookup tables and decision rules which would be used to make these decisions. Mm -hmm. These were very static, mm -hmm. very hard to prove whether those rules actually are the right rules or not, mm -hmm. cannot change dynamically. Mm -hmm. But in the context of machine learning, you could basically take all these decisions which have happened in the mm -hmm. past, especially in newer situations like peer-to-peer -peer lending, mm -hmm. you know, wherein there is not very much information so you could basically use the data to build out risk models, mm -hmm. credit risk models, predicting potential defaults, predicting mm -hmm. potential interest rates you want to give to your users. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, 
we have in the financial world neglected tax data a lot. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of data. Text is a significant part of the data sets we store. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now we are seeing mechanisms by which you can process it, you know, do sentiment analysis, tone analysis, summarize information from text, mm. do translations in various ways. Mm. We're getting newer data sources like Twitter, Facebook, mm -hmm. social media mm -hmm. channels. Mm -hmm. So we want to have mechanisms of using all these things and that's where some of the machine learning techniques are coming into play. Mm. So if, in case you are an investor focused on the retail market, it's not just sufficient for you to look at like, you know, what historical numbers meant. You want mm -hmm. to figure out how are these new products performing? Mm -hmm. What is the virality of these mm -hmm. new products? Mm -hmm. How are companies looking at these trends? Mm -hmm. How are the users, you know, accepting and you know, factoring these products? Mm -hmm. So you want to track all those things so that you can like make the best investment decision. So those are some examples. Right. So, you know, uh, there is, uh, it has been talked about uh, in the market that there are some asset management companies mm -hmm. who have been generating very high returns mm -hmm. uh, and uh, what they do is a black box right do you know of such companies or you know do you have you know can you kind of give us an uh, understanding of what they might be doing uh, right. for generating these kind of returns yeah. so um, obviously some of these techniques are not publicly you know available or published because mm -hmm. the value of those techniques are going to dissipate quickly mm -hmm. if it's every if everybody knows it mm -hmm. Some of the key things companies are doing are basically using a lot of fundamental data analysis and analyzing and exploring a lot of different data sets mm -hmm. to figure out is there an iota of information which could be capitalized on. Which is not being used. Which is not being currently used. It could be you know, involving different factors which are traditionally not used. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, there are instances wherein companies are using geospatial data. Mm -hmm. They are using satellite imagery, mm -hmm. looking at inventory records. Mm -hmm. All these bits of information which was traditionally not you know, used. Mm -hmm. And once they figure out that there is some potential in terms of you know, using these bits of information, then they put in scale. Right. You know, they kind of you know, uh, increase the, uh, the volume at which they can potentially do these trades, right. increase the ability of you know, doing research in multiple ways. Right. So they can potentially scale. And it comes with, you know, some of the larger companies have the bandwidth, right. they hire lots of engineers and data scientists, right. and they put in the compute capabilities and the, the analytical uh, you know, power behind right. the situations yeah. and the kind of you know, right. capitalized bond. You, you talked about AI, you talked about machine learning, you also talked about, uh, you know, a use case vis-a-vis uh, right. -vis credit. Uh, now, I'm a data analyst, mm -hmm. I'm also a CFA charter holder, right. being, you know, practicing stuff sure. for some time uh, in a brokerage. Right. How do I know which model to use where? Oh, that's an excellent question. I wish I had the answer. Okay. So, the contextualization and even comparing mm. models mm -hmm. requires you to have extensive data science skills. Mm. Let's take a very simple example. Mm -hmm. So if you are building a machine learning model to detect fraud, yes. and you have a historical data set, and this historical data set, 99.9% .9 of the data were good transactions, 0.01% mm. you know, was fraudulent transactions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you build a machine, a traditional machine learning model without factoring in various key aspects, mm -hmm the model is going to learn from the 99% 0.9% of the data rather than 0.1% of the data. Mm -hmm. So it's as well, you know, mm -hmm. if you have a simple rule saying that every transaction mm -hmm. is a good transaction, mm -hmm. your error rate is just 0.01%. Mm -hmm. So would you want a model which has a 0.01% error? Mm -hmm. 
Well, in a generic case, yes, but in a fraud detection case, the 0.01% has all the fraud, yes. which is not something you want to deploy in production. Yes, yes, yes. So those are the situations wherein you have to contextualize to figure out like what performance metrics should I use yes, yes, for my yes. particular problem. And then comes like model selection. Do you want interpretability? Do you want reproducibility? Do you yes, want yes. auditability? Right, How right. comfortable are you to like you know deploy black box models? Yes. So all those things have to be analyzed before you can like you know pick a model. So what are going you know in the next five to ten years? What do you see as major leaps in technology right. that will shape uh, investment decision right. making? So fortunately, we are not alone. Mm -hmm. We as in like the financial community. Mm -hmm. So we are seeing a lot of research money going into universities in the AI machine learning mm -hmm. programs. And mm -hmm. the classes teach at Northeastern University. Uh, we are seeing a lot of students interested, mm -hmm. a lot of researchers interested in mm -hmm. AI and machine learning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, the corporates are heavily spending on compute infrastructure, right. heavily spending on algorithmic infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So we can capitalize on all these aspects. And open source is booming. Right. So we can leverage all these aspects and we are going to see a lot of practical applications of AI in the right. next few years. Right. However, a cautionary note too. Mm -hmm. In case something goes bad in a facial recognition application, mm -hmm. not much will be you know, complained about. Mm -hmm. In case something major happens in the financial markets, mm -hmm. there's going to be a significant loss of trust. Mm -hmm. So there is going to be a significant emphasis on model governance in the context of data science and AI yeah. in the next few years. How do you bring these into production environments? How do you bring an uh, mm. open source product into mm. uh, an enterprise? Right. And then there's also going to be a lot of emphasis on machine learning as a service. Mm -hmm. Because everybody need not write an algorithm from scratch. Mm -hmm. You can you know, componentize those and thus call this particular service right. once you build enough trust into these systems. Right. So can you, can you explain a little bit very quickly on model governance? What exactly is model sure. governance? So there are, uh, when the model gets deployed in production, so mm -hmm. it's making decisions. Mm -hmm. You have to figure out mm -hmm. you know, how long do you keep these models in production? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When do you tune these models? Mm -hmm. when, how do you measure model decay? Mm -hmm. How do you even measure model risk? Mm -hmm. How do you even look at like scenarios which you have never encountered in the future? Mm -hmm. Because if you've built a machine learning model which has only looked at the last five years, mm -hmm. maybe you have never seen a crash, the, the, the model has never mm -hmm. seen a crash before. Yes, yes. And it's not gonna factor those regime changes. Yes. So those are the things, you know, the governance structure is gonna take wherein you'll take a comprehensive approach. Yes. You look at it at a data scientist level, a model risk level, the whole entity level to figure out like what does it mean to adopt these processes in production. Yeah, in relation to that, you have been working with regulators, if I right. understood it right. So, what are regulators doing? You know, uh, are they? Uh, how are they shaping uh, investment decision making in the right. AI world? Yeah, there is. Um, you know, even though the the SR eleven seven, which was like the guidance which was issued uh, many years ago for model risk. So I think it's high time for us to take a look at it again in the mm. context of data science and AI. Regulators right. are heavily looking at like you know all the fintech innovations mm. in general, mm. not just AI and machine learning, mm. you know the blockchain and many mm. other fintech innovations. Mm. Um, there hasn't been any formal regulations in the context of machine learning and AI yet. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, at least in the United States, mm -hmm. uh, but there has been a lot of emphasis in collecting comments and information and a lot of folks are figuring out mm -hmm. how do we take a comprehensive approach towards it. I had a couple of calls recently and they were talking about like, well, we need to educate ourselves in the first place because the research is moving so fast. Mm -hmm. And then how do you kind of, you know, make some things as best practices? How much of it should be regulated? Right. How much of it should be, you know, something which companies should go through in the process of 
you know, making sure that before they even deploy things in production, they have those checklists, they have those you know, best practices and also things which they are to submit from a regulatory perspective. So it's still in the works. Right. So how are established organizations changing themselves? Are they changing themselves at all? Or Absolutely. They are. Absolutely. So I think uh, in the recent, uh, on uh, Sunday, there were a couple of talks and they were talking about people with, uh, when the hiring, looking at the hiring trends, mm. companies are heavily hiring people with Python skills. Right. Um, and uh, R skills, and MATLAB skills, all these products which are predominantly data science related right. products. The field itself is also changing. Nowadays, the skills being asked, you know, it would be in the context of natural language processing, machine learning, mm. robotic process automation, data analysis, mm. exploration, and all these aspects. So the structure of the organization is not a traditional place wherein you have definitive roles. Mm -hmm. There is uh, uh, data scientists and quants are kind of becoming cross-functional. Mm -hmm. The data engineers are also involved in doing some data analysis. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of players kind of touching mm -hmm. your pipeline. Right. So what that means is they have to structure it in a such in such a way right. that you incorporate governance in all these aspects. Right. And nowadays, you know, the roles are being clearly defined. Right. And you also have you know various teams working on various pieces, but also incorporating best practices. And how do you look at interpretability scores? How do you look at uh, risk scores? Right. How do you think about you know testing these and backtesting these? Right. Versioning. Right. What do you do with open source products which hasn't been tested and it's just available yeah. publicly for everyone to use? Right. How do you snapshot your code? Mm -hmm. All these are important points which you know companies are looking at. And there are some established best practices in the software world. There are established best practices in the financial world too. Right. So they're incorporating all these aspects and putting in the raw structures, not just for getting the best possible results. Right. It's to make sure that you have a process in place so that you you know mitigate your model risk, your reputation right. risk, and all the potential other risks out there. Now we have two minutes, so we'll go through three quick questions. Sure. So uh, you've mentioned Python, MATLAB, or if you were to pick up a language, which language would you pick up? Um, the easiest to pick up just because of the ecosystem and uh, you know, the availability of packages would be Python. Right. Because uh, we have seen a significant growth of Python in the last few years. Right. But it also depends on what your end goal is. So mm -hmm. if you do see a lot of production applications, uh, Python, you require the software engineering effort. So at that point, and it depends on how much enterprise support you need. Right. So if you figure out like, you know, you're new and you need to pick up the phone and call someone, probably in the Python world, you have very few people to call. Right. So you will at that point, you know, think about like MATLAB or someone like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, but picking up a data science language to get a feel for it, I would say start with right. Python. I'm a young charter holder by me, by that I mean about 25 years, 30 years old, uh, 30 years old, uh, probably uh, mm -hmm. right number. I have zero experience in programming. Sure. How long will I take to equip myself with uh, data science uh, Yeah, techniques? so this is an excellent question because you know, when I train my students, I basically say, well, you have invested your entire education mm. to do things which, and I presume you're now 30, you're really good at. Mm -hmm. Now, you should not be picking up a language just because you want to know it. It's like basically figuring out how to build a car mm in order to learn how to drive. Mm -hmm. So you need to learn how to drive. You need to learn the data analysis skills and the mm -hmm. analytical skills mm -hmm. and decision-making skills, mm -hmm. leveraging these data science tools mm -hmm. rather than building it from scratch. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend hiring mm -hmm. the best data scientists to work with you mm -hmm. so that you can work as a team 
and get the best possible results rather than starting with like, hello world in Python right. and 10 years later figuring out like you wrote the best algorithm. Right. So, you know, you've kind of answered these questions. Uh, last quick, uh, this thing, what site should people look at apart from quantuniversity.com uh, to equip themselves with uh, data science uh, skills? Well, uh, I would say, you know, look at Medium. Medium has a lot of data science related blogs. Right. Um, then the MIT Review is also a good place where you you know get to hear about a lot of uh, new innovations in data science. Great, yeah. thank you very much, Sri. It was a very insightful oh, a 15 minutes uh, from you. Thank you very much for listening so much. Uh, to our uh, you know short 15 minute conversation. Thank you again, Sri. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.